Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, friends. It's Vin Scully. It's time for Dr. Clapper. In sports, there's winning and losing and getting injured. That's why there's Dr. Clapper. Dr. Clapper is the former head of orthopedic surgery at Cedar sinai The Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper, presented by Cedar sinai Hey, Dr. Clapper. How are you? Saturday mornings from 7 to 9. Silence is golden when you can't think of a good answer. <laughs> yes, Doc, I love your show. Now, here he is, Dr. Robert Clapper. Good morning, Los Angeles, and welcome to another edition of the Weekend Warrior Show. I'm your host, Dr. Robert Clapper. I'm an orthopedic surgeon at Cedars-Sinai for 33 years. Wow. 12 years now here on ESPN. Wow. Wow. What an incredible week I had in the operating room. One of the greatest weeks I've had. And it involves storytelling, which apropos to today's topic and today's show, because my guest at 815 is Dr. Paula Bernstein. For many years, she was a famous OBGYN doctor at Cedars-Sinai and then retired And guess what she's doing in her retirement, which we're going to learn at 8.15. She's become a mystery writer. Created a detective, Hannah Klein, who happens to be a doctor, an OBGYN like she was. Solving mysteries as a detective. Wow. What is it about medicine that lends itself to storytelling? There are lots of TV shows in our past. Dr. Kildare, Marcus Welby, MASH. You just go down the line. ER, which I was a big part of as a technical advisor. If you actually go on YouTube at Dr. Robert Clapper, you'll see a picture of me from 2003, almost 20 years ago, as an extra. Because I was a technical advisor for so many of their shows. They said one day, Dr. Clapper, you need to be in one of the shows, which was really cool. But in essence, you have to be a detective many times to, in order to practice medicine properly. So it is fantastic to be able to go into depth with Dr. Paula Bernstein at 8.15. And for me personally, this week, on Wednesday, one of the cases that I did was a man who very much needed hip surgery. He's not an old man. He was a young, active man. But about 20 years ago, he broke his pelvis and had to have surgery, plates and screws, all kinds of stuff to put his pelvis back together again. And I knew those plates and screws would get in the way of me trying to create a new hip for him, an implant. 
And so I asked for assistance from one of the greatest trauma surgeons at Cedars who puts these plates and screws into patients all day long. So if I needed better exposure to stay away from the sciatic nerve, I couldn't wait to have him help me. Why is this such a great story? Because that trauma surgeon, when he was 11 years old, fell and broke his elbow as a little boy. And guess who took care of that 11-year-old little boy in the early 90s when I had first started in practice? Me. Are you kidding me? I'm asking one of the best trauma surgeons in the United States, in the country, who happens to be at Cedars, to come give me a hand if I need it, was an 11-year-old boy that I took care of as a patient. And look at what he's grown to be. I said to the nurses, the x-ray tech, everybody in the room on Wednesday, can you feel two things in the operating room right now? The respect that I have for this young, fantastic surgeon joining us this morning. But more importantly, can you feel the love in the room right now that I have for him? Because I took care of him when he was 11, and now look at him. There's a great Yiddish word. I'm kfelling with nachas. Because he makes me so proud. It was just awesome. That was just one of the surgeries that I had this week. The next operation I did that day on Wednesday was in a 30-year-old man who was bone-on-bone in his hip. And he's just too young for me to want to do a hip replacement. And his anatomy, more importantly, lend itself to it. So I did something called a surface replacement. I didn't replace his hip. He's got a new surface. And I also put that picture of his x-ray after surgery on Twitter, if you want to see what it looks like. Just amazing to be able to do that, not replace the hip, but resurface it. It's just an unbelievable week. And yesterday was an unbelievable day in surgery. A little later in the show, I'll tell you, but it involved doing knee surgery on someone who's allergic to nickel, to metal. Well, guess what? Our implants are made of metal. So you got to find one that doesn't have nickel in someone who has an allergy. And I also asked someone to come and assist because his brain is so powerful. And this young orthopedic surgeon who came into the room yesterday with me is someone that I trained. And I'm so proud of him. It's just awesome to be able to pass down a lot of the knowledge that, trust me, it ain't in the book. But medicine lends itself to these amazing stories. And that's what we're going to get into today. Storytelling in medicine. In the world of art, Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park, one of the biggest movies of all time, was written by a man, Michael Crichton, 
who went to medical school. You're going to hear his story because he decided, I don't want to be a doctor. I'd rather write about it. I'd rather write about medicine because of the stories. They mean more to me than actually taking care of patients. He's a fascinating guy. Diane Sawyer interviewed him in 1993, and you're going to hear from that interview. But really, storytelling in medicine doesn't necessarily have to come from someone who went to medical school because the the subject is so compelling. One of the greatest shows in my lifetime was really brought to us by a man who loved medicine but wasn't a doctor, and it was actor Jack Klugman. His brother was a paint salesman who got cancer himself. Jack Klugman says, you know what, Peter? You can't stay in New England anymore. You should come out to California. Be with me. He said, what am I going to do? I'm a paint salesman. He goes, I don't know. We'll find something. You know what he found? That his brother wanted to write scripts for the TV show Quincy. Jack Klugman said, Peter, calm down. You don't know anything about show business or writing scripts. But he was living through cancer, so he knew. One of the greatest storytelling moments in medicine is that TV show Quincy. And you got to hear how that came about. And I think this show, when I thought about storytelling, medicine, and sports, is Clapper Vision. Clapper Vision is storytelling, using words. I want to talk about what a bone bruise is, but I'm also going to open the clinic and take your calls. The number is 877-710-ESPN. And don't forget, we got to talk about food. What food would I talk about as it relates to storytelling in medicine? Well, an apple a day keeps the doctor away. So I thought all week, where's the greatest apple that I've ever had? Oh, my God. And Linda Yui came to the rescue with Gigi, her assistant, because they got me the greatest caramel apple covered in cinnamon. My mouth is watering already. I can't even talk. But the greatest caramel apple in L.A. Go on Twitter, see a picture of this thing. I just put it on. Oh, my God. We'll get into that. But right now, let's listen. Listen to the story of the man who created Jurassic Park, Michael Crichton, and his story with Diane Sawyer. And his little notion about genetic experiments and the hubris of scientists who think they could control everything they create. This time, the detail came out of his mind. Every creature, a little bit of Crichton. How did you decide how they should move each of them? I'd be there working for hours and hours, and my assistant would come in at 10 o'clock in the morning. And one day she came in, and she was very alive. She said, what are you doing? And I think she thought I was having a seizure because I was going... But I was was just being a raptor, you know, trying to bite somebody's limbs. Genetic engineering. He's the one who figures out from his knowledge of medicine that, hey, you can transplant the DNA from an old fossil of a dinosaur into a new lizard and grow a brand new dinosaur. Trust me, you got to go to medical school to have a mind like that. 
The movie Jurassic Park has grossed nearly a billion dollars worldwide. Michael Crichton made 22 million in the last two years. Did you have a sensation of saying, wow, I'm really smart? Never. No. I still don't have that feeling. You don't? No. I've read that you said I have a first-class mind, that you've been surprised to enter a room and find someone smarter than you. It happens rarely. This is all true. <laughs> Michael Crichton is six feet, nine inches tall. When he grew up, he was the biggest person on the planet in his mind. So he always felt out like an outsider. And then he's so brilliant, he goes to medical school, to Harvard Medical School. But you're going to hear now, he just never felt right in the world of medicine to be a treating physician. This is fascinating. I was really uncomfortable. You know, I was the tallest person in the, the world, as far as I could tell. Older kids chased me home and beat me up. I don't think there's any question that I did have a kind of withdrawal. When he got to Harvard Medical School, he withdrew again. A sensitive, questioning student shocked at the way they were training doctors to be imperious, impersonal. The most common thing that people want from their doctors is time. And instead they get pills. Instead they get pills. They wanted time. This is his philosophy. Listen to this. You know, but when you think about it, why do they want the time? What, what does the time mean? They want time. They want to talk. They want to have some. I think that's, that's a kind of healing that can occur. Of verbal communication. Verbal. More and more, medical school became simply material for the thrillers he'd begun writing, as his insistent questioning at Harvard made him a rebel and a pariah. I was becoming accustomed by my third year to often eating meals in the cafeteria alone. Yeah, until his third year, that idea of verbal communication hits him. I'm going to start writing about medicine. And then I sold this book, The Andromeda Strain, and everyone wanted to have lunch with me. It's a very creepy experience. The Andromeda Strain, in the 1960s, his first giant book and movie deal. He left medicine and moved to Hollywood, but this intense Easterner was like a Calvinist at a carnival. Because success seemed so easy and so empty, Crichton plunged into the first of a series of depressions, and three marriages ended in bruising divorce. But Michael Crichton has come through using his knowledge of how the body works to become one of the greatest storytellers of all time, the most successful. Medicine lends itself to that. And coming up next, you're going to hear that you don't necessarily have to go to medical school to realize the bounty of stories that can come from medicine. Wait till you hear an actor, Jack Klugman, so filled with joy at creating a show with topics that come from the medical world. The number is 877-710-ESPN. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warrior Show here on 710 ESPN.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Sedano, you know there's no better way to start your Saturday than when my guy, Dr. Clapper, and the Weekend Warrior Show, 7 to 9 a.m., Saturday mornings. What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant. You're not going to leave me alone, are you? Start your weekend off right, listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. The Grand Poobah, the Big Kahuna. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN, 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. Love this band. Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. That's Duran Duran of You to a Kill. Those guys are amazing. Just fantastic. Kind of hard to listen to them in the operating room, but I love listening to them every chance I get. Today's topic fascinates me because it's using the world of medicine, which is a big part of my life. It's my calling. To realize the stories that can come from it. And that's where this radio show comes from. That's where Clapper Vision comes from, is the storytelling from medicine. But you know how much I love the world of art, the world of sports, the world of surgery. So where in the world of surgery is this storytelling that comes from someone who's actually not even a doctor, just the stories themselves? Jack Klugman. Just a fantastic actor, won an Emmy for being in The Odd Couple. Listen to him playing the medical examiner for Los Angeles in the hit TV show Quincy. This is a scene, but this is how clever he is about using medicine to be a detective. Save your neck. Of course, I'm trying to save my neck, and I'm trying to save yours, too. You'll kill me, it'll be life in jail for you. It is already. No, that's what I'm trying to tell you. The statute of limitations ran out on the burglary a long time ago. Yeah, how about Charlie? Doesn't run out on murder. Well, it was self-defense, wasn't it? How'd you know about that? From the angle of the bullet wound on the thigh bone. You see, it was straight downward. Straight downward. It would have been impossible for anybody else to inflict that wound. I figured you and Trout were struggling for the gun while he held it. That's exactly right. You and I took a course in medical school from the Manhattan coroner's office. Forensic medicine, they call it. When you find a body at the bottom of the river, you know how they know that person was still alive and later drowned? They look for dirt under their fingernails because they were struggling to come to the top Versus someone who killed them beforehand or they died beforehand, you don't see that struggle. They're detectives in the world of medicine. And that's what Quincy was. The angle of the bullet in the femur, you could tell it was in self-defense. What a crazy idea. But Jack Klugman almost didn't do the show. He got throat cancer, so listen to his voice being choppy later after the TV show. But how the show came about, an amazing story. They kept sending me sitcoms. And one 
was because uh, I had won two Emmys with it. So. And Fred, was Fred Silverman? Silverman, he then was head of ABC and went up and he laid a whole lot of stuff in front of me and I said, I don't want to do it. <laughs> he went into his blue book, which is a special half-hour sitcom. I said, I don't want to do it. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do a series. He doesn't want to do comedy anymore. He did The Odd Couple. He's done. So that year went by and then the next year, 77 I think it was, Manny Jameson, who was my, used to be my agent, a dear friend of mine, sent me Quincy. I read it. I don't want to do this. But I forgot to call her back. Uh. And we were very good friends. So I was in the shower when the phone rang and I came out and said, she said, what are you, some kind of big shot now? I said, what? I sent you a script three weeks ago. You don't call, you don't tell. I said, well, I'll tell you the truth. Uh, he has no idea what to tell her. Uh, Monique, what happened was, I've been thinking about it. It's very interesting, you see, because it's uh, two heroes in one. He's a cop and he's a doctor. And, so on. and I'm making up a whole story, and I'm starting to sell myself to this thing. I swear. I said, well, but I'll call you tomorrow. And I'm having that thought of all those things. It's right, he's two heroes in one. Two heroes. And I could be a muckraker. I said, so I called next day. I said, I want to have a meeting with Glenn Larson, who created it. It was terrible. Terrible that way. So Glenn Larson creates it, but Jack Klugman hates the guy. So we had a meeting, and yeah, sure, muckrake, yeah. Yeah, messages, all that stuff. So I said, okay, so I decided to do it. Fred Silverman said, Tabby Gresham called my aide and said, he turns down my good stuff, and now he goes and plays an undertaker. He said, he's not an undertaker. He said, but he's dealing with death. It'll be a bomb. It won't last. Everybody predicted it wouldn't last three shows. Became such a hit. By then we do. We were only going to do four hour and a half shows. Because yeah, it's the NBC mystery movie yes, series, right? Yes, that's right. It was that just it. So after that, they said, "Would you do it as an hour show?" So I said, "Okay, but it's got to be done my way, and no more cops and robbers." They said, "Fine, fine." But the scripts I'm getting are cops and robbers. So I do about four or five sets. In. No, I don't want to do it anymore. So they start to sue me. Yeah. I said, "Fellas." You want to do the cops? Fine, get another boy. I don't want to do it. That's all. You can sue me to do what you want. I'm not doing it. I'm sick. Yeah, he had throat cancer. He says, I'm out of here. And then he says, I want to do it my way. I want to do it with the medicine part, not the cops and robber part. Get rid of this Glenn Larson. He said, what do you want? I said, you got to get rid of him. But he created it. I don't care. It's him or me. You want him? Stay with it. I don't mind. I don't really know what I want to do a series anyway, but I certainly don't want to cops and robbers. So the ratings were pretty good on those hour shows. So they got rid of him, but they got rid of him, like, uh, gave him a pot full of money. They lost a lot of money and a lot of uh, every royalties. So I went back and then started to work and did my show. About a year later, I saw him at a party. He came over to say hello. I said, don't come and say hello to me. He said to me, stay well. You're making me rich. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> well, it was touche. I laughed. It was very funny. But now I want you to hear something. He starts making the show his way, using medicine as a vehicle for storytelling. But his brother Pete gets bone cancer. You got to hear this. And the funny thing, I had a brother. One of my brothers had cancer. And he was living in Philadelphia. It was bone cancer. <laughs> And it was, I went to see him, and it was icy and snow, and I said, Pete, you can't stay here. Well, I said, you fall down in the snow, you break a bone, you're dead, for God's sake. Come out to California, live with me. 
What'll I do? We'll find something. Come on. He's a paint salesman. He doesn't know anything about show business, but he's living with cancer, and medicine creates the greatest stories to tell. So I came out to California, got him a little apartment, and he came to work for me. So he was there about a week, and he said, uh, listen, I got an idea for a Quincy show. Ah. I said, Pete, he was, a, he was an insurance man, a paint salesman. Pete, take the 600 a week. <laughs> Enjoy it with your wife. Come on, you don't know anything about the business. No, I want to participate. He said, I said, Pete, you don't know anything about it. Look at this idea, he said. I looked, I showed him what was wrong, and he said, all right, I'll, find, I'll do the research on it. Can you imagine? His brother's telling him how to run the show. The show's already a success. Now he's going to tell him, I'm going to write stories for you. Came back about two weeks later with this show, which turned out to be the show that had legislation about orphan diseases. This guy who had never, ever been near show business in any form, we did 17 of his ideas. Amazing. That was 17 of the best shows we ever did. It shows you can live your life being something you're not. He said... He put up a picture of five kids, handicapped kids, on horses, equestrian farm. He said, there's a show. It's being closed, this place. Can you imagine? 17 episodes they did because his brother moved in with him, had cancer, and says, medicine can create some of the greatest stories to tell. So you don't necessarily have to go to medical school to be like Mike Crichton and write stories. But it is awesome to actually come from medicine and use those topics. And that's where Clapper Vision comes from. The lines are lit up, but I want to do a segment. I want to do a segment each week with Will. We're going to call it Where There's a Will, There's a Way. And coming up next, it's going to be our first segment together. And then I'll take your calls. Then the clinic will be open, so hang on the line. Coming up next... Our first entry into where there's a will, there's a way. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warrior Show here on 710 ESPN. Hey, it's Mace. You know, there is no better way to start your Saturday than with Dr. Clapper and the Weekend Warrior Show, 7 to 9 a.m. Saturday mornings. And don't miss Mason in Ireland back Monday at 1 on 710 ESPN. What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant. Roberto Clapperio, a fish tacologist. Start your weekend off right, listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. I know the ins and outs of a fish taco. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN, 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. Here it is. Building a mystery. That's what... Dr. Paula Bernstein does, and she's my guest at 8.15. That was the great Sarah McLaughlin, building a mystery. I can't wait to do this segment. All of you hang on the line. I promise I'll get to you because Clapper Vision is important to me and important to this show. Painting pictures with words. It's just next level art to me to use your ears to paint pictures in your head. But before we do that, Let's do this inaugural segment, Will. Let's do it. Yes, indeed. I'm excited to uh, get this underway. So uh, for the first installment here, I want to run down a couple of things that we've tried to talk about in the past, but the phone lines are always lit up. Right. So first and foremost, I know we are a couple of weeks removed from an amazing Super Bowl victory for L.A. and the L.A. Rams. Yes. But 
there was one unfortunate situation that we had in the game with Odell Beckham Jr. Yes. He did suffer an ACL tear. Yes. And I think a lot of us, especially myself, are curious. This is not his first major knee injury. Yes. He's had multiple catastrophic knee injuries. So at some point, does that affect his athleticism overall? Can he still regain the same type of speed and movement and athleticism he once had? Or is he eventually just going to become a shell of himself? Such a great question. And I will tell you, Will, I will often... By the way, my wife says I never answer the question, so so buckle your seatbelt. <laughs> <laughs> what is, immediately that comes to mind, and yes, I can talk about the three things in anatomy that give your knee stability. Firing the muscles at exactly the right time so that they contract to stabilize the joint. The actual bony shape, the anatomy of the femur, the tibia, and how like a key in a lock, they they fit into each other like a jigsaw puzzle that gives stability because they're just not rounded surfaces, but they lock into each other, so the muscle firing, the shape of the bone, and then those cables, the ligaments, if you will, that wrap from the bone into the other bone that cross the joint, that give the joint stability, the muscle, the shape of the bone, and the ligaments themselves. And each of those can have a problem that allows someone to get injured, whether you're being tackled or like we saw Odell Beckham Jr., Nobody tackled him. He just planted his foot like Derrick Rose and Reggie Wayne. And I can go on and on about the non-contact tearing of your ACL. Is there a failure in each of those three things? Did his muscles not fire in time? Is there something unusual about the shape of his bone? Is there something the matter with his ligament? But now he has a fourth thing. He's already had his ACL reconstructed before. So was it using his own body part or was it using a cadaver? And I can go into all of those as an answer. Boy, are we going to need lots of these segments. (laughs) (laughs) But the first thing that comes to my mind when you ask me, an orthopedic surgeon who's been practicing for 33 years, 100 patients a week I see, over 16,000 surgeries, there's an intimacy that I now have with how the body works. So I just want to take you to that answer to that question. So many times I will see the Little League baseball pitcher coming to my office with the dad, the Little League nightmare parent, who will say in the exam room, go ahead, Kevin, tell Dr. Clapper your elbow hurts. But dad, the little boy will say in front of me to his father, it's better now. It doesn't hurt anymore when I throw. The father will then say inappropriately, come on, Kevin, tell Dr. Clapper it still hurts. Because this Meshuggah father, it believes, by the way, like many people, including professional baseball players, That if you have the Dr. Job, which you're going to do next Saturday's show all about, the Tommy John surgery, because a third of baseball players in Major League Baseball, a third of them have had Tommy John surgery. 
And Dr. Job already started to hear this. The baseball players would say, I'm a better pitcher now after the surgery than I was before. Yeah. So that's the part of your question that I'm responding to. Can he be better? That was the end of your question. Is he going to be the same? Is it going to be worse? Or could he even be better after his ACL surgery? But yes, Will, there's an operation, the Tommy John surgery, rebuilding the ulnar collateral ligament in the elbow, which, by the way, Paul George is dealing with right now in a non-surgical way for the Clippers. Mm -hmm. But there is this feeling out there, because you look at the data, you, you have your, your ulnar collateral ligament, your Tommy John surgery is a baseball pitcher. You're back stronger than ever. But here's the answer to that question and the answer, therefore, to your question. Once you now embrace, and this is what Dr. Job felt. I love Dr. Job, and he was my teacher. Once you have the surgery, many times for the very first time, the rehabilitation process that the player goes through is something they never did before. Focusing on their mechanics in a way that they never did before as a pitcher is actually what makes them stronger. Not from the surgery, but understanding biomechanics and injury prevention and strengthening and making those muscles. You can't make the bones any different. You can't make the ligament any different. But you can't affect the way the stress goes through the joint with muscles and how you train. And that's a very elegant topic of eccentrically loading the muscles in the rehab process versus, and I don't want to get too complicated, but that is an avenue that you can do now for the first time. So my answer to you is yes, Rams fans, of which I am one, a proud season ticket holder, a guy who went to the Super Bowl and had one of the greatest days of his life. Odell Beckham Jr. is going to be back better than ever. All right. Well, that should make a lot of people happy, especially once fantasy sports come around. (laughs) That's right. And what a long-winded answer I just gave you. I don't know how long this segment can be. We could do two hours together, you and me, Will, which I'm planning on doing. (laughs) Well, uh, going to the next one, another injury that's also very concerning for L.A. sports fans, Anthony Davis. I mean, it's like every week this guy gets hurt. His it, it, it's it's everything. Cur- his current injury is a mid-foot sprain. Mm-hmm. So, first of all, what is a mid-foot sprain? And then second of all, uh, is it just a wait-and-see thing? Is there anything that he can do? And do we have any idea on why he keeps getting hurt all the time? You win, you know, you win a Nobel Prize if you really can understand Andrew Bynum, who fully admitted, I must be injury-prone. You know, at some point, you just have to look at the mechanics of how they jump. But here's the thing that is so underrated in basketball particularly. And we saw it with Blake Griffin. By the way, here I am, as my wife says, not answering the question. Right? <laughs> You're asking me about Anthony Davis, and I'm talking about Andrew Bynum and Blake Griffin. But there's a reason, because I'm a teacher, and I, in the end, I really want to teach you things that will allow you to help answer the question yourself. Everyone focuses on jumping. 
Nobody jumped better than Blake Griffin. Nobody can get above that rim better than John Morant right now. Mm -hmm. Look at these guys. Mm -hmm. Amazing athletes. Talk about playing above the rim. Remember, Anthony Davis was a six-foot-tall point guard in high school. And in one summer, he grew 10 inches. He became the center, the seven-foot center from the year before was the six-foot point guard. What a massive amount of growth to a body. The blessing is those ball handling skills he had. That's why he's Anthony Davis. That guy can play the the point, Mm -hmm. even though he's seven feet tall. But the mechanics that happen, and particularly many of his injuries, the most recent one you're talking about was where he grabs his ankle and then afsaluchus, which is another Yiddish word, he does a study, and it turns out it's a midfoot sprain. And we can get into I could do a whole show about the 26 bones that make up your foot and how the arch is made from both a bony basis and it's an arch from your heel to your toes. But there's a second arch from the midfoot, from the big toe side of your foot to the little toe side. There's actually two arches. That needs support. It involves the bony anatomy and it involves ligaments. This is what he ends up spraining. But the key to it is, is I have no worries about Anthony Davis or Blake Griffin or John Morant rising to play above the rim. But guess where the injuries occur? They occur as you land. And that is where we need to focus our attention. So let me try to use a clapper vision to best describe. I could talk for hours. Forget the commercials. We'll just do a clapper vision to answer your question about Anthony Davis in a clapper kind of way is take a bucket of water. Okay? You fill it. You're going to mop your floor. I'm Jewish, so we never do this. We have other people doing this for us, but let's pretend you're going to mop the floor. You fill a bucket with water, and you have the handle, and you lift up the bucket of water off the ground. Your brachialis muscle and your biceps muscle is flexing your elbow to lift this heavy bucket of water. The muscle is contracting, right? You're flexing your elbow to lift it off the floor. Here's the clapper vision. Now, Will, I need you to put that heavy bucket of water over there in that other spot on the floor because you already mopped this one. It's a heavy bucket of water, and you're holding it with a flexed elbow. You're not going to drop it because water will go all over the floor. You're big and strong, Will Orms. You're going to take that bucket because I asked you to move it, and now holding it with a flexed elbow Instead of dropping it suddenly, you're going to lower that bucket onto the ground and softly let it land in that spot I pointed to. Guess what's happening? You're not firing your your triceps. You don't need to because it's gravity that's now straightening your arm out. But what is keeping you from dropping the bucket of water on the floor versus carefully meticulously landing it in the right spot, the same muscle, brachialis and biceps brachialis, but they are firing 
as you are lengthening them, right? Your elbow is extending, even though that's called eccentrically loading the muscle versus shortening the muscle concentrically. And that is what's happening. When you look at these guys leap, we're impressed. But as an orthopedic surgeon, you know what I see? The eyes don't see what the mind doesn't know. Uh Uh-oh, how is he going to land? And that is what Anthony Davis has to concentrate on. Yes, you can get special sneakers and braces. Rick Barry talks about it all the time. But as simple as it sounds, the coaching, the athletic training needs to be addressed specifically for him. Buddy, you need to learn how to land better. And that is important in keeping him from injuring again. Does that kind of answer the question? Yeah, absolutely. I think we've heard it so many times, especially with Derrick Rose, and he's a good one that you bring up because we saw so many people say he plays above the rim, but he lands so hard. Right. And we often talk about the wear and tear on your knees when you're coming down from that height onto a basketball court. And they've since, you know, the courts are a little softer than what they used to be back in the day. But even now, it's still more or less hard-on-hard contact. You know, Will, I've been doing this show for 12 years. Jared Abrams actually used to do a fantasy football section with me, and you remind me of him. But I got to tell you, the way you speak, your speed of your voice. Frank Sinatra used to use his voice as an instrument in the band. This show is called The Weekend Warrior because we're going to talk coming up in the next segment to the fans, to the warriors, the weekend warriors. But this segment, where there's a will, there's a way, is fascinating because it's a really great conversation about the warriors. And I don't mean the Golden State Warriors, but the athletes we love. And you're a sports fan, and I'm already loving this segment. So I cannot wait till next week to do this again. This is great as an inaugural segment. God bless you. Coming up next, we're going to do the Weekend Warriors. We'll take some calls. We'll do some clap revision. But that was a fun time, Will Orms. I really appreciate it, and I'm sure all the fans of the Weekend Warriors show do as well. So we'll do it. The number is 877-710-ESPN. This show is all about you. And don't forget, i got to tell you where the best caramel apple is because an apple a day keeps the doctor away. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warriors show here on 710 ESPN. Hey, it's John Ireland. You know there is no better way to start your Saturday than with the man who replaced Michael Thompson's hip, Dr. Clapper and the Weekend Warrior Show, 7 to 9 a.m. Saturday mornings. Don't miss my show, Mason and Ireland, back Monday at 1, all here on 710 ESPN. What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant. Soon to be a major motion picture. Start your weekend off right. Listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. Without a good hip, you ain't hopping, that's for sure. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN. 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. That is one of my favorite singers in this day and age, Miley Cyrus. 
Yep, Dr. Clapper said it. And she's singing a song that Dolly Parton wrote in the 60s. But that Miley Cyrus can cover songs like nobody's business. Maybe later on the show, I'm going to tell you why that show reminds me of Marcellus Wiley meeting Michael Jordan in an elevator. What? What does Miley Cyrus singing Dolly Parton's Jolene have to do with Marcellus Wiley meeting Michael Jordan in an elevator? I hope I get time to stay tuned for that show, for that song, that story. And how great was that last segment with Will Orm? So if any of you out there listening want to produce a show for FanDuel or DraftKings where we can do a fantasy football segment together, you better get in touch with us. Right now, let's do some Weekend Warrior Clap revision. Will, who do you want to take first? Uh, first up, we have Ellie in L.A. Let's go to Ellie in L.A. You're on with Dr. Clapper. How can I help? Good morning, Dr. Clapper. First time listener here, and I'm really enjoying your show. Oh, I love it. Ellie, God bless you. Listen, tell me who you are. How young are you? What do you do for a living? What did your father do for a living? <laughs> My father is actually a physician, retired physician. Wow. Um, I'm an accountant. I'm calling about my husband, actually. Really? How come um, he ain't picking up the phone? What's the matter with him? Okay, so he's had some prior shoulder injuries. <laughs> he plays soccer. Yes. 50 years old playing soccer. Um, he's had some prior shoulder Ellie, you realize, Ellie, you realize already that's very funny because your husband yes. managed to hurt his shoulder in a game where you're only running around kicking a ball. So already yes. already we're dealing with Andrew Bynum playing soccer, if you know what I mean. Yes, totally. <laughs> <laughs> and now um, it makes sense why so, he's too embarrassed to actually get on the phone himself. So this is all stunning to make sense, Ellie. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he's had some rotator, shove, uh, rotator cuff injuries. Yes. Before, but this last time he fell about a month or so ago mm. and hurt his shoulder. So he had an MRI done just last week, and I've got the results in front of Great. me. Great. I love it. Read me just the impression. Read it slowly so that I can interrupt you with clapper vision. Perfect. So the impression is high-grade, full thickness or near-full thickness anterior and middle supraspinatus. Right, supraspinatus. Okay, good. Yes. Tendon, a tendon tear at the footprint measuring 12 millimeters mm -hmm. in anterior-posterior dimension with 7 millimeters of brusal-sided tendon retraction. How old is your husband? 50. Please promise me this, Ellie. Do not let any doctor put cortisone in his shoulder. Have they done that? Do what? I'm sorry. They haven't done anything. I didn't hear you. Sorry. Please do not let any doctor give him a shot of cortisone. Have they done that already? Oh, okay. No cortisone shot. Okay, great. Perfect. I don't want any needles, any cortisone. How old is your husband? 50. So uh, your husband has... Uh, so here's a clapper vision. You you just started listening, so I'm going to paint a picture of what's happening in your husband's shoulder to you. I love that it's 12 millimeters because this is still small enough of a tear 
that can be fixed arthroscopically, which I love, so you don't have to open the shoulder. Um, uh-huh. Physical therapy, sure, you can try, but probably he's going to need to have it fixed, and it needs to be fixed arthroscopically, and he should not have shots put in his shoulder. What has he done? Uh-huh. Basically, if you have a little boat, right, and you now bring the boat on a lake next to the dock to keep the boat from floating into the middle of the lake, you throw a rope from the boat to the dock, and then you tie the rope to the dock so that the boat doesn't drift away. Capiche? Yes. Your husband, the boat, okay, the, the wooden boat is the bone, the arm bone. The rope is the tendon. And what keeps the boat attached to the dock is that the rope is now tied to this metal cleat, it's called, on the dock so that it doesn't drift away. Your husband did not rip the rope. The rope is fine. When they talk about the footprint, what your husband has done, what's his name, by the way? David. What David, oh, my favorite, because that's Michelangelo's sculpture of the David that he made in 1503 out of solid rock. Oh, my God. Anyway, what David has done is he now has pulled the rope so hard that he pulled the metal cleat off of the wooden dock. So guess what happens now? Now the rowboat can drift away into the middle of the lake. It's no longer attached to the dock. So the surgery is very elegant, particularly now in 2022, to carefully grab the rope and reattach it to the dock so that there's stability again, so that you can move the arm. It can lift up over your head. Physical therapy is not going to reattach it, unfortunately. And the reason is, is that the joint fluid comes out of the ball and socket joint and now goes between the tendon and where it used to attach to the bone and prevents healing from taking place. Just like a torn ACL in your knee, will not heal on its own because the joint fluid stops the healing. It just does this. It's not intentional. It does. And that's why rotator cuff tears will fail to heal unless you reattach them. So if you want, Ellie, and I'm not here to solicit patients, you can call my office. Uh, Arnie will answer the phone. Tell him you won the prize this weekend on the Weekend Warriors show, and I'm happy to see your husband so he doesn't have to wait three months to come see me, if you want. If not, you're more than welcome to go to someone, but just make sure they know what they're doing and that they're not giving you shots and they're going to pay attention because you already sound like a lovely person because who else would have a wife call for them instead of them calling themselves? So I'm actually doing this as a favor to you, Ellie, more than a favor to David. All right? (laughs) Thank you so much. I appreciate it. He does have range of motion, full range of motion. Correct. But he's in a lot of pain. Correct. So what's happening is the rest of the tendon and the muscles are being recruited and are overcompensating. But the pain is because he's got a bone spur that ripped into his tendon and caused the rotator cuff to tear. That'll need to be trimmed as well, as well as fixing it. But 12 millimeters, that's a fantastic number uh, in terms of the size of the tear. So I'm very optimistic that David will be sculpting in marble yet again. Okay? 
Sure. Thank you so much. All right, Ellie. Listen, <laughs> Ellie, you, you're a total day. You and David are a total stranger to me. I need you today to find a total stranger and do something nice for them. That's how you'll be thanking me. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. We'll do appreciate okay. it. All right. God bless you guys. Let's see if we can squeeze one more in. All right. All right. Next, uh, we'll go to David in uh, Santa Clarita. Another David. I love it. David, you're on with Dr. Clapper. I don't have a lot of time, so talk quick. Thanks for calling. Uh, Dr. Clapper, um, honor to speak to you. Thank you for your service. My pleasure. My pleasure, David. How young are you? What do you do for a living? Uh, I'm 55. I'm a teacher. I teach in Lancaster, California. Oh, God bless you. So you don't have to find a total stranger and do something nice for them. You're already walking the walk and talking the talk in life. You are at the top of the greatest things you can do with your life as a human being which is to be a teacher. So I applaud you, and whatever I can do to help you, you got me in your back pocket. So go ahead. What hurts? Oh, I got two things, sir. I got a, a right shoulder where I have the MRI results, and I have a left elbow where I have the MRI results. All right, let's do whatever you want first. Which hurts more, the elbow or the shoulder? Ooh, that's a tough call. How about uh, right, left, left elbow? All right, talk so left to me. Elbow. I had surgery about three years ago because it was impacting the nerve. Unfortunately, I was in HMO, so I couldn't see you. Mm -hmm. And they shaved the bone, but it has never gotten better, and it still hurts because the nerve was being impacted. He said I had to do something. So it's three years later, still hurt, and I have the impression on the MRI. Go ahead. Want to read that. Yeah, read it. All read right. it slow. Yes, sir. Enlargement and increased signal of the ulnar nerve prior to the cubital tunnel correlate for ulnar neuropathy and or cubital tunnel syndrome. 0.7 centimeter cystic structure subjacent to the ulnar collateral ligament at its ulnar attachment, which may be sequela of remote partial tear. No evidence of acute ligament, ligamentous injury. So... What do you, what kind of teacher are you? Um, I'm teaching sixth grade this year, sir. Somehow, we, to get this broken medical system of ours, which has you trapped in an HMO, which is terrible. I oh, need I'm to... not anymore. That was then. Good. All right. Sure. All right. Then this is what we're yeah. going to do with you. All right. You got a pencil? I'm ready. And I'll take care of your shoulder later, but it ain't going to be as important as taking care of your elbow first. There's a doctor at Cedars that I want you to see who is my favorite at getting your elbow and your ulnar nerve, which is not tendonitis, and it's not a Mickey Mouse kind of thing here. This is not go to physical therapy or wear a brace. And it's not an emergency, but this is ridiculous. You need to have the cyst taken out. You need to transpose the ulnar nerve. You need to do the right thing, and that has not been – you haven't been taken care of properly, okay? You're going to need to now get taken care of properly, and this is who you're going to call. His name is David, so you can easily remember that. Culber, yes, K-U-L-B-E-R, David Culber. Monday, you're going to call his office, and you're going to tell him you're Dr. Clapper's cousin, and they'll say, well, he has a lot of cousins because I do this all the time. And you're going to get in to see him. Bring all of your studies, your op report, whatever they did to you before, your MRI. Make a folder. Be, be organized. And you're going to go see him this week. Get in to see him this week. When you get, they're going to have to do your favors. 
have your wife make some chocolate chip cookies, whatever you got to do to make the whole staff feel nice. You know, it sounds silly, but these things make a difference. And go show up. He needs to take a look at you because you're going to need to finally get this fixed once and for all. The longer the nerve is traumatized, the harder it is to bounce back. So do me a favor, David, and get taken care of. David Culver, that's who I want you to see. All right? I'll bring Cosmic Crisp apples. That's right. There you go. I'll tell you where the best apple is that Linda Yui brought me this week. God bless you, David, for all that you do, and keep teaching those kids. All right, Warriors, we'll take a break. Coming back, we're going to tell some stories, stories about the ripe, fertile ground of medicine for storytelling in art, in sports, and in surgery. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warrior Show here on 710 ESPN. 